Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, a little out of uh, the ordinary here at my kitchen table at home instead of the office at church. And uh, (coughs) excuse me, we're just excited to be able to have the technology that we have to be able to share the Word of God wherever we might be today. And and we'll just go on as normal. You know, rain, sleet, snow, or hail, those that carry the gospel carry the best mail. And so God makes it possible for us to publish His Word no matter where we might be. And uh, this is a little more comfortable for me, I guess, a sort of. And, uh, but anyway, today we're in uh, the book of Hebrews, chapter 2. And this will be part 4 on this 15th day of February. And for those of you that don't know why I'm here in my kitchen at the kitchen table, it's because it snowed all night long. It's still snowing outside. There's several inches of snow here in uh, the Piney Woods of Northeast Texas. That's uh, pretty much unusual. Uh, didn't get one flake of snow in 2020. So uh, uh, here uh, already early on in 2021, we've got quite a bit of snow. It's supposed to be here for two or three days. So we may be sitting here again Thursday morning, Friday morning, not real sure. But I'm glad you are watching this whenever you are. And we're going to dig into God's Word this morning. I'm just believing Him to impart something to our hearts today that we need. That something, that truth that will pierce through the hazy places, the dark places, and, and turn that light on a little bit brighter for us of Christ that we might learn Him, see Him, learn to trust Him more, love Him more because He is faithful and we can trust Him. We're going to start again today in verse 9 here in chapter 2 of Hebrews, the great book that shows the exaltation and the supremacy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But we covered a little bit of this last week in verse 9, but it's so crucial that we don't fly through this particular verse, this particular verse as I brought out last week, is, is one of the two verses in the New Testament that, that really explain, it defines to us what it means to look upon the Lord Jesus Christ, how we do that, what we're to see when we're looking upon Him. This is one of the verses here in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9, and the other one is in Hebrews as well, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And both of the verses, this one says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. In Hebrews 12 and 2, uses the other phrase, looking unto Jesus. Let's just turn over there so we don't misquote that. Hebrews 12, I want you to hear this. I want you to see this. Wherefore... Uh, Verse 2 in Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus. He's going to explain to us what we see because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. And he authored our faith and he finished that faith at Calvary's cross. If you and I are going to live in faith, it's going to be through what he did in death on the cross. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
So I wanted to share this again with you today in the beginning of this broadcast because these two scriptures are paramount for those who are really looking to see the Lord. You're going to have to look through His death at Calvary. You're going to have to look there to find Him. You're going to have to look there and keep your faith there to be able to understand what He's speaking to you in these last days and His direction for you and the very experience of all that the Spirit of God, who is the Spirit of grace, is going to try to do in our lives. So Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9, and we want to bring out a little bit more today in today's broadcast about grace. Because here in verse 9, and again, this is a paramount scripture for the child of God, the minister, whoever, the student of God's word. Because it tells us right here the only avenue through which grace can flow into my life, any Christian's life, any unbeliever to be saved life. Grace only flows into a life which is trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary. We'll see that here. And let me say this. Grace is not just something floating around. Grace, if you get this, you will have, you will have taken a giant step in your learning. Uh, let me say that again. If you get a hold of what I'm about to tell you, you will have taken a giant step in your learning. Grace is not something floating around. Well, I hope I get grace today. Grace, you might even need to write this down. Grace is God doing something you cannot do, that you don't deserve to have done, that you and I cannot purchase. We can't go and do something to get God's grace. And there's where we've missed it for years. If I'll just go do this, God will give me grace. No, it's not about what we do. It's about what we believe, just as it was initially when you were born again. God saved you through what he did in his son at the cross. And you're trusting in that. That's saved by grace through faith. So we're saved by grace, but grace is what God was doing in Christ at Calvary. And here we see that, look, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Jesus tasted death for Every man, 1 John 2 and 2 tells us that as well, that he was not only the propitiation for our sins, but the sins of the whole world, your Bible says. If your Bible doesn't say that, you need to burn it and go get you a, a real Bible. Hallelujah. And uh, because uh, you need to understand that what Jesus did at Calvary was God in Christ reconciling sinners to himself. So let's make sure you and I understand this. God's grace is what God is doing. He saved you. Titus chapter 2 says that by grace, grace is teaching us. Think about that. Titus chapter 2 reveals to us that grace teaches us certain things. So we don't teach ourselves. I don't teach you. You don't teach me. The Holy Spirit 
is the teacher. Yes, he uses men to flow through, but he is the teacher. He is the imparter. He's the one that points to truth, attempts to reveal truth, attempts to guide us into truth so we can walk after him, follow the spirit of truth. Amen. And Paul said, I labor by the grace of God. That means what the Lord is doing in him. So grace is what God does that I can't do, that I can't pay for, and that I surely don't deserve to have for myself or to even have him working through me for the benefit of others. I cannot do it. Jesus taught us that in John 15. I can't do anything without nothing, without him, not one thing. Amen. So, and so I want to I want to just say a few things this morning about grace. Once you get that, then the make believe and the pretending and the the I'm not sure about things is over. Grace is what God wants to do in your life. That's why Paul would tell the church in Galatia, if you go back and you start dabbling in that circumcision, if you go back and start keeping the rituals and the ceremonies and thinking that you've got to eat this on this day and not eat this on this, if you start dabbling back in that law, if you start going back trusting in that, get this now, he says in Galatians 5, chapter 5, 1 through 4, you've fallen from grace. Didn't mean they just automatically lost their salvation, but it means they fell from grace, which is a falling from the place where God works. See, the new covenant is in the blood of Jesus. So therefore, the experience of the new covenant, of any of the new covenant on any day is through faith in the blood. Not faith in the blood just to get in the kingdom, to get in the body of Christ, but faith in the blood today to be able to... have the declaration that the psalmist had, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Jesus tasted death by the grace of God so that you and I could taste of that same death by the grace of God by which he died for us. It's the only avenue through which grace flows. Grace does not flow into my life through any other avenue except what Christ did at Calvary and my faith in that. If God finds true biblical faith, he moves in and he begins a work. Think about that. Whenever God finds true biblical faith, which is faith in the death, the blood of Jesus Christ, not in me saying my faith is there, not in, not, no, when my heart, from my heart I'm believing under that righteousness. means I've, I, I've now admitted and subjected myself to that way, the way of the cross, the way of righteousness, the way of believing unto the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness of God, which is what Jesus did for me in his death. Nothing else, anything else will cause you to fall from grace because if it's not faith in the work that Christ finished for us in his death at Calvary, it is something that we are trying to do that we think we've been deceived and we can justify ourselves. And Luke 16, 15 says that when we're trying to justify ourselves, that we're exalting ourselves and it's an abomination to God. Let's go look at that scripture this morning. Luke 16, 15 uh, 
And Jesus said unto them, You are those which justify yourselves before men. That's the way of anything other than the cross, than the death of Jesus. And see, here, what we've got to talk about here for a moment is not just being justified yourself before God, but now as a child of God, is your fruit justifiable before God? Because if after you're saved, you move your faith now to yourself doing things or these programs and schemes and the purpose-driven life and the words you speak, the government of 12, the walk of Emmaus and the, the promise keepers, the accountability program and all these things that seem right to men but the end is death, then you've fallen from grace. I've been there. I'm not just hammering folks. I've been there. I've walked there. And thank God for his mercy and grace that showed up in my life and began to show me the way of the cross, the way of righteousness. So watch this. And Jesus said unto them, You are they which justify yourselves among or before men. But God knows your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. Anything other than faith in the cross for initial salvation or for daily grace to carry out God's will by the spirit of grace is an abomination to him. It's more than just flesh. It's more than I'm just not sure. It's more than, well, you know, all these excuses. It is an abomination to God for me to justify myself or think I can, or attempt to. And I'm doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm in that place if I'm not trusting exclusively in the very death of Jesus. As my good friend Pastor Scotty Williams in Dublin, Georgia says, which is so biblical and true and encouraging when I hear it, that the life God offers only comes out of death. It only comes out of death. Jesus was raised to life from the dead. Every day that you and I live, our faith is in the death of Jesus so that we can walk in that resurrection life of Jesus. Hallelujah. So make a note of this, Luke 16, 15. Men that are talking about they've got to keep the Sabbath. Men that are talking about they've got to do this and eat that and don't eat that and all these legalistic rules and regulations, even though they try to drag Scripture in it, it's the letter of the law and it's killing them and, it's, and, and before God it's an abomination. It, it's more than just really not understanding and you're, you know we're just getting it wrong a little bit here. No. Anything that is self-justification is here Jesus teaching us that it's men it's men being highly esteemed among themselves and it's an abomination to God. Anything that's any faith in anything other than what Jesus did at Calvary for for any of God, all of God's grace for daily living, not just the forgiveness of sins, not just the power to live where sin doesn't dominate you, but to get the grace of God to minister, to be the daddy, the, the mama, the husband, the wife, the, the children under the parents, to obey their parents in the Lord. <coughs> if I'm just working and trying harder, it's more than just failure. It's failure because it's really an abomination to God to trust in anything other than the cross. That's pretty powerful to me. 
So let's look at this again, verse 9, Hebrews 2. But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Jesus tasted death by the grace of God. Jesus lived, as our example, by grace all the way through death. By grace through faith. And we know it was by grace. Here we're told we also know it was through faith because of what Galatians 2.20 tells us. Let's go there this morning. Look at Galatians 2 and 20 because verse 21 in Galatians 2, I really want us to put our eye bubs on that this morning. Watch what the Apostle Paul says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ lives in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God. And then he tells us what he did by his faith. You know, a lot of translations turn this and, and say I live by, the, by, by, by faith in the Son of God. And, and that's a fact, but that's not what the Holy Spirit wrote here and that's not what the Holy Spirit meant here. He's revealing to us that we live in this flesh right now, today, <coughs> by what Jesus did through his faith. The faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. Well, was it Jesus' faith or is it mine? Both. Romans 12, 3 tells us that we've been given a me the measure of faith. A measure is something that, that is portioned out, meted out, a, like a cup of this or a, a half a cup of that when you're baking something. Well, we've been given the measure of faith, and that's the measure of the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. It's been measured out and given to us so that we can live by faith, walk by faith, see by faith, but it has to be the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave himself for us because if our faith is moved not from not from oh, knowing that God loves me I could sit around all day and say God loves me and live in bondage and chains of darkness but when my it, it's it's not my faith just is, just in, is in that God loves me it's my faith is in what God did to manifest his love to me 1 John 4 9 and 10 and to impart his love shed his love abroad in my heart Romans 5 and 5 Amen. I, I can sit and talk about God's love all day. Anybody can do that. Lost people can do that. But it's what Christ did by giving himself for me that manifested his love to me and imparted his love into my heart. Hallelujah. It's what allowed him to make me his dwelling place. You see, when the Bible says in Romans 5, 5 that the Lord shed his love abroad in our hearts, he did that by moving into our bodies, making our bodies his temple, for he is love. God is love. 1 John 4, 18 and 16 tell us God is love. And that's how he shed his love abroad in our hearts. He didn't dabble us with some feelings or emotions. No, he himself moved into us. And he, as love, is the love now that we can love him with and love others with. Hallelujah.
That's good stuff. But now watch this now. Paul just reveals that he's crucified with Christ, yet he's living, but it's not really him. It's, it's because Christ is now living in him and, and the life he's now living when he walked on this earth in his fleshly body like we do right now. He lived by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. Watch this. So Paul says in verse 21, and this is what we're talking about today, watch very carefully. For I do not frustrate the grace of God. The word frustrate doesn't mean too much like we mean it when we say you're frustrating me, you're irritating me. Uh, no, frustrate here and I, and I challenge you. I encourage you, look the word up. It means to literally set aside, to deny the grace of God, which is what? God doing something. God at work in my life, teaching me, laboring through me, changing me, building me, maturing me, delivering me, breaking chains off me, using me. Whatever God is doing, it's the Spirit of grace, the Holy Spirit, doing it in me and through me. And if, watch, Paul said, I do not frustrate. I'm not going to set aside the grace of God. I'm not going to deny what God wants to do in my life because if righteousness comes by the law, so wait a minute, well, let's get this now. Righteousness is the fruit. Think about this. Righteousness comes through the grace of God. Watch. I do not. I'm not going to set it aside. I'm not going back to circumcision. I'm not going into no purpose-driven this. I'm not going into no government of 12. I'm, I'm not going into telling folks you can be delivered from bondages by fasting and, and any of these things. Jesus and what he did at Calvary alone, not and what you do, him and him alone will save you and deliver you and allow you to function in God's grace every day. When you listen to these people like Jansen Franklin who talk about prayer and deliverance will wash you clean and deliver you from things that are, are have you bound. My friend, you're listening to somebody that don't really understand Calvary and and, and, and he thinks it, it, it's by what he does. And I don't care that, that fasting and praying, we should be found walking in those things. They're biblical. But only what Jesus did, not Jesus and you do. That's not biblical. That is when you're taught that you have to do this or you have to do that to get clean, uh, if you have to, listen, then you're, you're being taught by those who are highly. They're, they're self-justifying. That's an abomination to God. It's either Christ and what he did and finished, <laughs> or it's an abomination. It's deception. And, and you need to be aware. I don't care how well they can speak and how much they run all over the platform. If they're not pointing to a finished work for you, my friend, they're pointing you to something you got to do, and that ain't the grace of God. Grace is not you doing. Grace is God at work in your life. And yes, it functions through you, but listen, you don't work for anything God has offered you freely through faith in Christ. 
You need to remember that. You're not working to be saved. You're not working to be delivered. Christ did the work for you. And when you put that second and after Jesus and him crucified and that, that right there brings in the abomination. That right there brings in the, 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 the men highly esteeming themselves like we can do this. No, we cannot do this. Watch this. Paul said, I'm not going to frustrate, not going to deny, not going to set aside the grace of God. What God has done, what God will do. Because if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. You see what Paul is saying? The cross didn't mean a thing if righteousness comes by law. Law is anything we think we have to do to, to have righteous fruit, to have the grace of God. Righteousness is what Jesus worked for us at Calvary. Isaiah 32, 17 says the work of righteousness is peace. Colossians 1.20 says he made that peace by the blood of his cross. Amen. And the effect of righteousness is stillness and assurance, quietness and assurance. That's talking about quietness of soul in the midst of all kind of chaos, quietness and stillness and assurance. Assurance, righteousness, hallelujah, gives us that assurance. And it doesn't come by what we do. So this is not talking about just initial salvation and a righteous status. The righteous fruit that God expects to see in our lives as his children daily does not come by what we do. It comes by faith in what Christ did at Calvary. That's what's being said. Paul, let's look at what Paul would say. It, it, let's dig this verse and, and look inside this verse. I would be setting aside, denying God's grace if I think that righteousness in any aspect, me being righteous or me bearing forth the fruits of that righteousness, come through any other avenue than that which is the death of Jesus. If I think I have to go do something, then I'm setting aside God's grace because God's grace only comes through the death of Jesus. Hebrews 2 and 9. Jesus tasted death by the grace of God. Only through the death of Christ that Jesus tasted by the grace of God does that grace flow into my life to function in any capacity with the fruits of righteousness. And make a note of this. There is no separating the fruit of the Spirit and the fruits of righteousness. None. They're one and the same thing. You, you need to be aware of that. There is no separation of the fruit of the Spirit and the fruits of righteousness. And, 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 and good deeds are not necessarily the fruit of righteousness or the fruit of the Spirit. Because if it's not flowing through a heart that's believing under righteousness, and that means not just things we think are right. The, the Bible says when a man believes with the heart under righteousness, he's saved. Romans 10 and 10. Well, that yeah, nobody's saved without believing in what Jesus did in his death on the cross. 
So that is believing under the righteousness of God, what Jesus did at Calvary. And that comes to us by what Jesus did, tasting death by the grace of God. See, this is simple, but now this message in the way God wants us to get it will eliminate everything that we use to justify ourselves, that, that we use to justify why I have to do that to be saved or I have to do that to be delivered or I have to do that. Yes, and let me say this today just to clarify this. We are called to position ourselves in the places God has directed us to be positioned in prayer, in a local church, as a student of God's Word. We are called to position ourselves so that God can carry out His will. You need to understand that. I mean, that's really just called obedience to His Word. But none of that really matters if we're not functioning in the place of obedience that God sees one as obedient. And that's with faith in the cross. I can open the Bible and go do what the Bible says, but if my faith is not in the cross, that means my faith is in me doing something. And self-righteousness is an abomination to God. But the righteousness of Christ is that which we have subjected ourselves to by trusting in the work of Christ's death. The slain lamb, that is what saved us, that is what is keeping us, that is what is allowing the spirit of grace to function in my life in any capacity every day. So I'm just so thankful to know that, to be able to share the scriptures with you in their righteous context as the truth. The Bible says in Proverbs 12, 17, he that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. Hallelujah. Truth is Jesus and righteousness is who he is and what he worked in his death for us at Calvary so that we might be his righteous people. It's been a wonderful broadcast this morning. 30 minutes goes by so fast. I'm just encouraged to be able to share God's word with you. I encourage you to pray for us. Uh, <clears throat> ministering this great truth of the cross brings with it many criticisms, many uh, behind the bushes voices uh, and just all sorts of negative things, but the good things, though it, they seem to be less, they far outweigh the negative things. Hallelujah. So pray for us. We're believing God for you. And don't forget to sow into good ground right here at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. You can do that by giving online at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903 231-5950. God bless you. Have a safe day. If you're anywhere around here, stay warm. It's beautiful and white outside. And now uh, looks like we're going to have it for a few days. I'll see you Thursday morning again for our next session in the Hebrews teaching. God bless you. We love you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.